From the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report? It's the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, and uh, happy Friday to you. I hope that you're ready for the weekend. Should have some good weather, and uh, hopefully have some good basketball tonight at the Smoothie King Center as the Pelicans are back in action tonight against the Portland Trailblazers. NFL free agency continues, and we have some Saints news today regarding uh, that front as well, as Ramon Humber's been re-signed by the New Orleans Saints. But uh, here in our special week of uh, co-hosts, we've got a new one for you today. It's uh, Pelicans rookie Jeff Withy, uh, who's in uh, our Smoothie King studio, Center Studios for the first time and uh, joining us here after shoot-around. Hello, Jeff. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Just pull right on the microphone nice and close. Um, We've, uh, we've had quite a list of characters in the studio this week. Uh, Jason Smith, Darius Miller, Ryan Anderson, Anthony Morrow, and now you. So I'm, 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 hope, I'm hoping you've brought your A game and maybe can anchor our, our week by kind of being the closer for us here. Yeah, I got you guys. You know, I'm the best out of all those guys uh, with media and all that. So you guys got a, a strong anchor. Yeah, I think so. I think that I I thought you might come in here with a little confidence today, and that's a good thing. And that's a good thing. <laughs> of course, we do have some surprise guests lined up for you. Um, I don't know if you have any clue as to who those might be. I have no idea. Okay, let's see. We surprised uh, Jason Smith with his with his college coach on Monday. Okay. Uh, we got Darius Miller with his high school coach on Tuesday. Uh, Ryan Anderson's sister, right? Ryan Anderson's sister on Wednesday, and then yesterday. Over at the facility, Anthony Morrow and Ben Grubbs of the Saints became our first ever Pelicans player and Saints player at the same time during the show. Okay. So we've had a different dynamic for each, and I'm hoping that our guests for you will come through for us today. <laughs> it could be really good. Um, tough loss the other night against the Grizzlies. Otherwise, it's been a pretty good homestand, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, three games, or we won three in a row, and then, uh, you know, the other night it was just, you know, a last-second shot they they scored, and it was just a really close game. I think that we're, we're starting to get more and more confidence, and hopefully we can bring that tonight. Does the confidence come from the fact that the guys who were injured have been injured now for a long time? It seems like it's stabilized a little bit. Is that safe? Yeah, uh, I would say so. You know, Drew, um, Ryan, Jason, they've all been out for, for a while now, and so guys have kind of understood their role and are now able to – kind of step in the game and know what to expect. I know me personally getting more minutes, I feel a lot more confident when I go out on the court now and I feel just more comfortable. There's 18 games to go, um, which may be shocking to you here that we've played as many as we've had in, in your rookie season. But um, the playoffs at this point are, are, are a little ways off, unfortunately. But it, it's almost as if you all are playing as if you're in the hunt for one of those spots. And I think that says something about you guys as a group. Yeah, you know, um, we don't want to just, you know, lay over for anybody. We're we're still trying to get better. We're still trying to, you know, go out, go out there and play. This is kind of our playoff time. You know, we're going to go out and, you know, try to just make it tough for everybody. And we're focused on us and getting better. And, you know, just we're just focused on us right now. Portland tonight. What did you all walk through uh on the floor and then in film session today about the Trailblazers? You know, it's going to be a little different because uh, Aldridge is out. Um, but, you know, they have great scores. They can shoot the ball. Um, my old college teammate, Thomas Robinson, is, you know, going to be playing a lot tonight. So I, I look forward to even playing against him. Uh, that'll be the first time since practices our freshman and sophomore year. And so, um, you know, it's going to be a, a fun game, a, a fast paced game. and. Um, you know, they're, they're pretty hot. You know, they, they, uh, without Aldridge though, it, it, it might change the, the pace of the game. We think that they're going to be able to run a little bit more. And so, um, it's just going to be a tough one. All right. 
Um, speaking of your time at Kansas, because um, you brought up T-Rob. Yeah. Uh, can you remember the first time you played at Fog Allen Fieldhouse? This is one of the more historic facilities in college basketball. What was right. that like? Uh. Well, the first time I actually got in the game, my first two years I didn't really play too much. So, uh, but uh, the first time I started a game and heard my my name called was an unreal feeling. Um, you know, you get goosebumps because all the history and you know it's a packed house every every game, and so uh, it's just a a feeling like no other. And I I think that in college sports it's a little bit different than the NBA there's you know so much history behind it so um, you know it's just unreal feeling I think one of the most annoying things on the planet for anyone who does not wear Jayhawk colors is when the Jayhawks are about to win again at home and that crowd starts that low murmur and start rising with that singing of rock chalk Jayhawk I think it drives people nuts <laughs> I love it you know I'm uh, sure it's it's a little victory chant. Uh, it's kind of like a little cult chant. It's it's weird if you have never heard it before. Um, it, it's really strange, but it's just something that uh, goes with the the colors, and you know, it's something that is just his, historic. What does it mean? Uh, the rock chalk. Mm -hmm. What does it mean? Uh, well, for me, it just means you know we're we're gonna win. <laughs> no, but somebody here. What is rock chalk Jayhawk? What does that have to do with it? Uh, you know, it goes back to they were trying to figure out a slogan for the Jayhawks. This is, I don't know, like the 60s or something like that. And I guess uh, they were writing down stuff like chants that they could do. And it was with a chalkboard. And a guy was writing and broke the chalk. And somehow that became rock chalk, Jayhawk. I don't okay. know. It just rhymed. It's a little weird. Can you sing it for me? <sighs> I, no. I know. I know. It's not the same as when twelve thousand people do it, but yeah, it's it's really simple. It's just rock, chalk, Jayhawk, K U, and then and you over. do that over and over yeah. and over again. It's pretty. It's, it. it's annoying if you if uh, you're the opposite team. Well, yeah, because you're going to lose yeah. usually. Yes. <laughs> um, speaking of singing, this is not the first time you've been singing this week. Didn't you sing a happy birthday earlier this week to Anthony Davis? Yeah, I did. I actually did it twice. We went out to dinner. Um, I think it was Tuesday night, and his birthday was on, on Wednesday, I believe. I might get that wrong. Birthday, but Tuesday, Monday. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I got yeah. my days mixed up. Um, so I, I sang on, on Monday night thinking that, okay, I'll just get it over now. And then the next day I had to do it in front of the coaches and everything also. So it was a little double whammy. But you know, I don't. I don't mind. I have a an album dropping on December fifteenth. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. So anybody that wants to, no, nah, I'm just fine. It's been pushed back. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you were to be an artist, a recording artist, what style of music would you would you be involved in? I have no rhythm at all. So um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe country or something like that. So what you listen to country? I like country yeah. every now and then. I listen to everything kind of. So. You're a California kid though, aren't you? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's hard if it used to be California had a real distinct musical style. I don't think that's the case anymore. It seems like there really is no California sound anymore. No, not really. It's, uh, I don't know. I, I guess rap, I would say. Yeah, maybe so. We're way off topic there. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Anthony had a birthday this week. Yours, I want to say, was the week before, wasn't it? Yeah. You're a March birthday. The 7th. 24, right? That's right. Okay, so... It is, and it seems strange for me to say this, you're almost a, a non-traditional rookie in the NBA now at the age of 23, now 24. Yeah. Um, has that been good for you, though? Yeah. When you when you look back on how you've put this all together? Yeah, you know, I've I've had a journey to the NBA. I, I actually went to Arizona first and then transferred, and I stayed all four years at, at Kansas. So it's been a long transition, but, um, you know, I I couldn't expect myself to be in the NBA at 20 years old. I, you know, was so immature then. I'm I'm still pretty immature. I'm 24 years old, and so I couldn't imagine having the pressure that some of these guys do at at 20 years old, 19 years old. And so I'm really glad I'm older. That way I'm smarter with you know 
my money and I'm also smarter with what I do at night. I don't go out before games or anything like that. And it's just, um, you know, and then also I, I have experience in college. I, I feel like I am able to get on the court and kind of learn faster than, than most guys. Okay. That, I mean, makes total sense, I think. But don't you think it's, it's, it's come down to an individual situation? It used to be, you know, most kids came out after year three or year four. Right. So they're all kind of in the same boat. Right. There were a couple of exceptions. Um, we've been asking this. I've asked this actually for a couple guys this week. Um, do you think the one and done thing is okay with college basketball and the NBA right now? Um, Would you like to see it changed? I think that it kind of hurts the school, the college. Um, I guess baseball does, what, three years? Or football does three years. And baseball does two if you choose if you, to go to school. Right, if you right. choose to go to school. Yeah. I think that something like that might be better because you, you see guys that go from high school, they obviously excel like LeBron and Kobe. You got, But those are also freak athletes and no doubt. one of the kinds. But um, – I'd say either go go out of high school or stay two years, because if you're not getting anything out of one year, one and done, um, you might as well. You some guys actually get hurt by going in, and going into college, their stock drops a lot because they don't go out of high school. So I don't know. I I would say just go two years or out of high school. I, I think I'm with you. I, th- I really do. More like baseball does. Yeah. If you want to come out after high school, all the best to you. But if you do choose to go to school, now you have to wait until, like you said, either two years or 20 years of age or something like that. Right. You know, baseball's three and 21. But uh, it's interesting. All right, this is your first March in a long time that you have not been involved in an NCAA tournament scenario. That's right. Does it feel weird? Yeah, it does. I'm watching all the all the tournament, all the tournaments going on and stuff, and you know, selection shows going to be coming up pretty soon. It's it's been, you know, four years in a row that I was always a part of that. And, um, you know, now I'm watching it on TV. I'm watching the Jayhawks play uh, yesterday. And it's just, you know, it's weird. It's a, it's a different feeling. But I, I'm I'm very happy where I'm at. I'm, I'm glad that I'm a fan of them now. It's been a wild ride. Um, is the, has, the, has your rookie season seemed to go longer than you thought it would? The adjustment from going to – from 30 to 34 games to 82. Yeah, um, the games, it's long, but it's weird. It, some days it feels that it's really long, and then others it feels like the season's about done. You know, it feels like it's been really short. And so, you know, it's just what mood I'm in, I guess. That, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. You know, we talked about playing Portland tonight. That's the team that drafted you. That's right. So take me through, because I don't think the trade went down until, what, July 10th. Mm-hmm. is when you became a Pelican. Take me through the the stretch between draft night and then finally realizing the team you were going to play for. What was that like? Uh, well, yeah, I got drafted by Portland, and uh, it was a really cool feeling, obviously, getting drafted. That's your dream is to play in the NBA. And so, you know, I was talking to them, and I was actually going to fly out there probably a week after the draft and, you know, try getting settled down and everything. Um and then it's funny because everybody in that that trade was in the same agency. So I kind of got a, a heads up uh, maybe four or five days after the draft. So uh, I was actually in Kansas. I flew to Kansas right after the draft and just was hanging out there, kind of working out and stuff. And uh, I got a phone call from my agent, and he's like, yeah, you're going to get go to New Orleans. And I was like, okay. So I, I never actually went up to Portland, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, when I heard I was coming down here, I, I thought it was a perfect fit, and you know, I was really happy for it. And it was really nice weather. I, being from uh, San Diego, I, you know, I, I need that warm weather. Yeah, no, and we've been kind of unseasonably cold here, uh, but we're about to turn into that weather that you've been hoping for. Um, all the guys in that trade were from the same agency? Yeah. It's I wonder crazy, how often right? that happens now. I have no idea, but I know I know me and Tyreek. I was in the or it was me, Robin, right, Vasquez, yep. and Tyreek. And Tyreek, yeah, and we're all all in the same agency. And which agency is that? Uh, Wasserman. Oh, Wasserman. Okay, yeah. okay. That's really something. I think we're going to see more of that. You know, CAA is also 
has a large roster, but, but for every piece in the trade to be yeah. from the same agency. It's crazy, right? It is crazy. It really yeah. is. There's no doubt. Jeff Withies, our co-host here on the Black and Blue Report today. We have two special guests for him uh, a little bit later on in the show. He's already smiling and looking at me with a <laughs> with that, what are you going to do to me here, uh, I. But uh, when we get back uh, from our first break here, we're going to talk quickly with Judy Batista of NFL. Dot com, and we're going to go over the week that was with regard to NFL free agency. And then uh, Jeff and I will continue on the show, and we'll uh, visit with, uh, I think, some folks that have special connections to him here on this Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Games tonight. We're a game day here from our studios at the Smoothie King Center, and we continue right after this. Hey there. What you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm gonna hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly. Our next guest here on the Black and Blue Report has been with us before. She's one of our favorites, Judy Batista from <laughs> NFL Network and NFL.com. Uh, happy Friday to you, Judy. Happy Friday. It's been a long, busy week. It sure has. <laughs> uh, we were just commenting to each other uh, as the phone call got together that really there are no breaks now covering the NFL, are there? No. Uh, and, you know, the NFL loves this, of course. This is exactly how they want it. But you go right from, you know, the Super Bowl right to the Combine a few weeks later and then straight into free agency. And now there'll be a little bit of a lull before the draft because the draft is in May now, but not much. Oh, know? no. They'll, they'll find something to talk about. I promise yes, you. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, as you mentioned, very busy week. NFL free agency underway. Kind of the first wave is over with, I think, uh, here yeah. on this Friday. Um, let me just let me just go out and just hit you with the big one right away. Who did well this week? Well, uh, I was in Denver for the start of the week. I think they did well because their goal was to get much tougher on defense, and they did. They did that, um, especially the T.J. Ward signing and the Akib Talib signing. The Akib Talib one sort of came out of the clear blue sky. Um, but they they wanted to get more physical. They wanted to get tougher. Uh, and then, you know, they get DeMarcus Ware when he gets set loose by the Cowboys. And, you know, DeMarcus Ware is probably not the DeMarcus Ware of five years ago, but they don't need DeMarcus Ware uh, that long. They need DeMarcus Ware for a year or two to just run straight ahead of the quarterback. So I, I think they did well. They sh- they certainly shored up their defense. Um, I'm trying to think, looking around the, the rest of the league. You know, I think that the Colts have done okay, uh, keeping the people they wanted to keep. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how some of the Browns moves pan out. Um, certainly the Eagles, I hate to bring this up to Saints fans, but the Eagles picking up Darren Sproles is r- really interesting for people who like to watch offense. It's going to be fascinating to see what Chip Kelly does with Sproles' versatility, even though, you know, I think we can all say, again, Sproles is, you know, probably beginning to lose a little something, but he's still got enough to make it interesting, especially, especially you know, Chip Kelly, much like Sean Payton, as really creative designing offenses, and it'll be interesting to see how he's deployed there. So those are the teams that, you know, caught my eye this week. You know, uh, Chip Kelly will put him in space, just like Sean did. There's no yeah. doubt about that. Right. Um, and, I, and I guess I'm trying to figure out where I stand on the whole Darren Sproles thing. I'm with you in that I think that Darren Sproles is a fine player and has plenty more to give NFL fans. But at the same time, um, in this process, and much like they did with Lance Moore, you have to start figuring out what a guy may have left and how does that balance yeah. out against the money that's involved. Yeah, this is, look, this is a ruthless 
business, and it's tough, but you've got to be cold-blooded if you're going to be successful in this. Just look around. I, it's, you know, it's very tough. It's, it's painful for fans. It's even tough for reporters to see some of your favorite players go. But look around the league and see what's happening. You know, I mean, DeMarcus Ware, who Jerry Jones loved DeMarcus Ware, gone. Julius Peppers, gone. Jared Allen, gone. Steve Smith in Carolina, gone. Um, you know, it, it's tough, but you, they've got to make brutal, brutal decisions. I'm, I'm sure Sean Payton probably, you know, lost some sleep over getting rid of Darren Sproles, but you got to make these projections. And what you often hear when you talk to general managers and coaches is you would rather get rid of a guy a year too soon than a year too late. You don't want to be the team that's got a, a player that is declining swiftly with a very big salary on your books um, because you often hear them say once they go they go downhill fast um, so you know if they if they thought that Darren Sproles had started to decline then it's better to do it now you know, later. Yeah, and it's interesting that they did not just release Darren Sproles. They made a trade right. and get a fifth-round pick out of it. Yeah. Well, once the, I mean, once the word started to get out that he was on the cutting block and then teams expressed interest, you know, teams said, oh, wait, you know, wait a second, can we get in on that? Then they said, well, wait a minute, let's try, let's try to get something out of this, which is very smart, obviously. But, you know, they clearly had decided it was time to move on from – Darren Sproles, and they've got a clear. You got to you got to get down to, to the brass tacks here. They needed salary cap space, but you know they didn't have much. They need to clear money, and you, you got to do that with your older guys. It's a young man's game, and you just have to keep turning over the roster. Good point to bring up there, because I think that when you talk about cap space and what was available to the Saints during free agency, the signing of Jarris Bird shocked everyone <laughs> down here. And they pulled off a pretty darn good move right there. No question. I mean, a great signing, but you're right. It, shocked, it didn't just shock people in New Orleans. It shocked everybody around the league. You know, when, when the numbers came out, everybody said, whoa. I mean, I'm glad I'm not a salary cap guy. Let's put it that way. He has to figure out how to make all these numbers work. But, yeah, that was a great signing. And, uh, you know, good luck to opponents who are trying to pass on that defense now with those two safeties that they're going to pair there. Um, I, I thought that was a great deal. But, again, that sort of goes to the idea, like, you've just got to keep progressing. Yet There's no room for sentimentality. If they had gotten too sentimental and kept some of the old guys on the roster, you know, they wouldn't be able to make a Jarris Bird contract work. So, you know, that's the, the trade-off. It's tough. You know, you're seeing it happen right now in New England, for example, Vince Wilfork, maybe the next to go. Vince Wilfork has been nothing but a great player, a great guy, a great community guy in New England, and he might have to go because he doesn't want to take a pay cut, which I don't blame him for, but that's the way it goes. You know, you got to make tough decisions. Judy Batista from uh, NFL.com with us here on the Black and Blue Report. All right, Judy, uh, this week, uh, were there any teams that uh, did nothing or did something to make you say, what in the heck are those guys doing? <laughs> Let me think about this. Um, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think about For example, that. for example, like the one that strikes me a little bit is Carolina. I was just going to say Carolina. Yeah, I'm sort of curious to see what they're – I don't – look, I, I don't blame them for the Steve Smith thing. I don't think that was handled very gracefully, but I, I don't blame them for deciding to move on from Steve Smith. Again, if they think, you know, it might be time – but yeah, I'm sort of wondering. I gotta think Cam Newton is sitting at home saying, "What's going on here with my team?" You know, we went to the playoffs and now it's starting to be dismantled. Um, so yeah, I, I gotta wonder what what's going on in Carolina. Um, you know, that certainly seemed to be a team on the rise, obviously, and now you're starting to see pieces disappearing from it. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a little curious about that. Um, I'm intrigued, not in a bad way, but I'm intrigued by the moves Lovey Smith is making in Tampa Bay. I, that'll that'll be interesting. I thought, you know, when he said Josh McCown was his starter, I was a little taken aback by that because I don't think Mike Glennon played that poorly last year on what was, you know, not a very good team and with a lot of stuff swirling off the field. I thought Mike Glennon played okay and probably earned – at least the chance to compete. And so I was a little interested in Lovey Smith saying, you know, that's it. McCown's my guy. Okay. But maybe he doesn't, right. but maybe he doesn't get McCown if he doesn't say that. Well, that's true. Yeah. But I don't know. 
I'm not sure you should just slam the door on on uh, a quarterback competition this early. You know, I mean, I'm with you. I, we'll see. Yeah, I, some teams, uh, Judy, can get hurt uh, by no fault of their own. Kansas City's getting raided by free yes. agency. Exactly. Right. Um, you know, they looked really good last year, right? And you thought, wow, great. But it, the, the timing was poor. I mean, they had a lot of guys hitting free agency at once. And yes, they're getting picked apart. That's going to be, you know, and obviously they're in a, I mean, they're in a tough division where, you know, they had two other teams in the division also make the playoffs. So yeah, this is going to be tough for the Chiefs to Judy, Judy, what's next? You know, we kind of have this big push. Everybody gets all excited. There's a lot of news. Um, and, and then you get to the first week, and it kind of dies just a little bit. But that doesn't mean that free agency is over with. Um, not at all. There no, are a lot of all. players out there still looking for a spot. No, and, and often, I mean, the really good teams do really well in the next few weeks. You know, I agree with you. I think these first few days you get the big blockbuster deals. The big names are gone. But now, in the next few weeks and months even, um, this is when critical players are often picked up on the cheap, not not cheap by normal standards, but on the cheap by NFL standards. Last year, I believe the Denver Broncos signed Sean Phillips in June, um, and he ended up leading the team in sacks last year. So that's the kind of thing that can happen late in free agency. And the best teams, you know, do their best work now. Like anybody can, you know, can look around and say, whoa, DeMarcus Ware, well, he's a good player. Let's try, you know, anybody can do that with the big guns. But um, anybody can look at it just bird and say, man, this is a great safety. But it's later on when you've got guys who are you know, sort of in the middle of the pack that maybe would be situational players for you. That's when the best teams do their best work. All right, so when do you get to take a break? <laughs> I don't know. Like those first few weeks in July when the league sort of shuts down for a few weeks, that's probably... <laughs> that's it, really, isn't it? I mean... Yeah, it's not much of a break. It's insane. I mean, and it'll be interesting because, you know, it's all stretched out now because the draft is pushed to May, so we got extra weeks here to fill. What will be the impact of the draft being moved now? You know, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I mean, will we see more activity, more free agents sign in this period just because, or I, I don't know. I'm curious to see if there's going to be any impact really, except that, you know, paralysis by overanalysis of draft picks. I mean, we're going to get on the, on the draft side, you're just going to get more and more like people, you know, can Johnny Manziel make the transition to the NFL, that kind of thing. I mean, it's just Endless. It's going to wear me out. Tell you the truth, it's going to wear. I I it, I can tell you who it's going to wear out. It's going to wear the, the kids out. It's going to wear the college players who are coming out. They're going to be worn out. Yeah. I mean, as it is before when the draft was earlier, they were worn out, and now you get an extra few weeks of you know picking their games apart. They're going to be ready to go. Well, once again, you've brought us great stuff. I hope you have a great weekend, Judy. Thank you. You too. Let's have a quiet one. <laughs> yeah. No. I think. I think. I think that'd be great. And uh, and down, at least down south here, we're actually going to enjoy some good weather for a change. So. Oh, don't bring that up. Sorry. It's in the 20s here. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be 70 in New Orleans today. Oh, so wrong. <laughs> I know. I know. But it, but all the same, I wish you a good weekend, and I appreciate you Thank coming you. on. Thanks. Great to talk to you. Yep. Judy Batista with us from NFL.com, the NFL Network. She's our guest here on the Black and Blue Report. Plenty more to come on this Friday. Afterwards. Sirius XM subscribers now have a place to talk NBA 24-7. Sirius XM NBA Radio. To the lane, lays it up, he lays it in! With experts like Steve Kerr, Kenny Smith, Lionel Holland, Sam Mitchell, Jerry Stackhouse, and many more. Plus, guest appearances by NBA players, coaches, and GMs. Get closer to this. LeBron to the rim with a two-hand jam. And this. Direct. Page and fires the rainbow 18-foot jumper is a thing of beauty. By listening to Sirius XM NBA Radio. Channel 217. And the Sirius XM app. There's no better time to join your Pelicans as we take flight. All-star Anthony Davis is taking his team to the next level. And the Pelicans are soaring to new heights. 2014-15 season tickets are on sale now and start at less than $300. With lower bowl options as low as $37 per game. Season ticket benefits include the best seat locations, discounts on concessions, and much more. Take flight with the Pelicans. For more info, call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today. Thanks to the Internet, anyone can get a show these days.
Back here on the Black and Blue Report with my special co-host today, Jeff Withy of the New Orleans Pelicans. As I promised uh, Jeff and all of you listening, we'd have a couple of uh, special guests. And uh, Jeff just found out who surprise guest number one is on the telephone here. That's his older brother, Chris. Hello, Chris Withy. How are you? Good. How you doing? Great, great. So here's the deal. Um, Jeff has been really quiet most of his rookie season. He's kind of opened up a little bit here lately, but I needed someone to come on the show today and help me get to know Jeff a little bit better. So I was hoping you could help me do that. Okay. I'll do my best. Yes. Um, and, and I'm going to leave it up to you a little bit. Um, you know, we've had uh, siblings on before. We had Ryan Anderson's uh, sister on the program the other day. And, uh, and she kind of mixed it up. She uh, had some stories to kind of hammer Ryan a little bit. Uh, but then she also had, as you might imagine, glowing things to say about her little brother. So um, I'm an older brother myself. Chris, I understand that you're, you're the older brother in this situation. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll let you decide on, on how we should uh, get to know Jeff here a little bit. Is there something about Jeff that, that we should know now that he's a part of our family too? Tell you, just a, a loyal person, hardworking, um, a good brother. Um, I don't know. I mean, he's like I said, he's he's worked hard, and I'm proud of him. Happy that he's you know where he's at. He's doing really well, and yeah, I don't know. Okay, uh, I mean, exactly what you, <laughs> what you guys really want to hear. Um, when 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 like, when did his uh, being seven foot become awkward? Awkward. Yeah. Probably, uh, for me, noticing him uh, freshman year in high school, uh, he kind of had a you know smaller head, big body, big feet, and uh, I think he was probably more six eight, six ten at that time. But uh, he definitely started filling in his body in college, um, and uh, yeah, he he uh, passed me up. I'm I'm six four. He passed me up when he was in fifth grade. So that's kind of weird. Yeah, so you're six four. Jeff's seven foot tall. Jeff, is everybody in the family well above six feet tall? Or yeah, you know, uh, my mom is she's about five eleven. That's tall. Yep. Yeah, my sister's like six two, six three maybe, and then uh, my dad's six five. My brother's six four. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, this makes all this makes a lot of sense now. Yeah. Um, it was interesting because I guess Costa Kufus was here the other night, if you remember. Yeah. He's the only member of his family that's taller than six feet. Wow. Yeah. And, and so I, I had to ask how your family shakes out in that sense. Um, now, Chris, uh, one thing that I've told my little brothers over the years, one of which is now a uh, successful surgeon, the other is in special forces with the United States Army, who could kill me with uh, probably one finger. But being the big brother, I've always told them that I'll always be the big brother. And that I'll win no matter what in whatever competition we engage in. <laughs> Has that still been the case with you and Jeff? Absolutely. Still, I'll I'll, I'll pack him, slam over him, tackle him, break his kneecap. <laughs> well, that's a little much, don't you think? <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, we we were a pretty competitive family, so you know, obviously that all comes natural. But uh, yeah, Jeffrey, you know. He's always been an amazing basketball player. I've, I've never had that talent. Um, but, yeah, I, I could definitely still beat him up. How far apart are you two, Jeff, <laughs> in years? We were, what, five, Chris? Five years? Yeah, like five, five and a half. Five and a half. So you were pretty out in front here. I mean, you, you guys weren't competing at the same time in high school or anything like that, correct? No. Correct, no. Yeah. What, what – um, Jeff, what things did Chris do that taught you what to do or not to do growing up? <laughs> uh, what not to do? Uh, he got in trouble a lot with my dad just doing <laughs> stupid stuff, I guess. Like he was skateboarding and would get hurt or something like that, and my dad would get pissed. So I never was able to skateboard. Um, he was Chris is more the like adventure guy. Mm -hmm. I'm more the like basketball <laughs> right obviously but yeah. uh you know he he always got i don't know he played football like broke his collarbone and so i wasn't able to play football after that and um i don't know i just that's i learned a lot of i don't know just i wasn't able to do a lot of stuff because 
he went through it already, which uh, which stank, but it was also a blessing, I guess, because I didn't get hurt or anything like that. Now, Chris, as you know, there's a flip side to this because I look at my baby brothers and sisters and say, oh, the baby of the family always gets to do whatever they want. Yeah. So while he says that um, you ruined a lot for him, I'm sure there are things that, that he got away with that you would have never have gotten away with. Well, yeah, I guess. Um, I always wanted a PlayStation or a Nintendo, and my mom said, no, no, you can never have that. And my brother turns, uh, it was like fifth grade, Jeff? Yeah. Fifth grade, he gets a freaking PlayStation for Christmas. You know, there's stuff like that, but, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, but, you know, overall, Jeff, Jeff's always been a good kid. He, he's always um, done the right things, and, um, you know, he, he, he's, he was a good student and never gotten too, big, too much big of uh, trouble. So. Can't really say too much. I mean, I think our, our parents were very fair. Um, Jeff got in trouble when he needed to get in trouble, and same here. I got probably more in trouble than he did. So, like you said, you know, he learned from my mistakes. So. How do you keep a guy who gets drafted into the NBA from changing? Is that part of a brother's responsibility? Um, yeah, I think it's, it's not just the brother's responsibility, but the family's. Um, and honestly, like I said, Jeffrey's a very humble person. Um, I don't see him changing one bit. Um, he's, he's not a materialistic person. Um, he's smart with his money. And I think that that goes, you know, from our parents, you know, our parents taught us to be smart with our money and, and, uh, maintain, um, uh, good relationship with our family so we can have that trust and, and where we, you know, if something's wrong or something's going on, we can always talk to each other and, and uh, set the person straight and keep them accountable. Jeff, does uh, Chris call you after games? Does he watch you on television at all? Yeah. Um, Chris has two kids now, and, um, you know, they'll he'll send me, like, videos of his daughter, Lauren, uh, like, watching the game and getting all excited and stuff like that so whenever I see that I get you know I become happy I I haven't you know I've been away from I guess Chris and my sister Michelle for a while now because you know I was in Kansas for a while and then now I'm here so uh you know whenever I'm able to go back I love to spend my time with them and you know it's crazy because I it's been like six years since you know, I've really been able to really see them and hang out with them for a long period of time. So uh, whenever they, you know, give me a call or something like that, it's always, you know, brings back old memories. Chris, I know it's difficult with, with, with kids. and I, Are they young kids? Yeah, I have a three-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old. Oh, yeah, I'd say that's another young. Another one on the way. Yeah, and yeah. another one on the way. Congratulations. Um, and, and so with all that, this may be a, a bad question, but – have you been able to come down and see Jeff in his new city here in New Orleans? Um, unfortunately, I haven't. Um, I did visit New Orleans um, when Jeff played the Final Four. Mm-hmm. And uh, got to tour the city with Jeff um, one of the days. And beautiful city. We enjoyed, you know, going out there. But I, I would like to go out just, just myself, um, just to hang out with Jeff. And like, like Jeff said, we've had such a separation, such a gap, and um, it's been hard. Um, because, you know, he's been so busy with basketball, and I've been busy with uh, with my kids and, and work and everything like that. But it would be nice to just go out there myself and hang out with Jeff. Speaking of your work, actually, I think, Chris, you and I share one thing in common. We're both first responders, aren't we? Yeah. I didn't know you were a first responder. I am. I'm, when I'm not, I know this sounds really strange. When I'm not an NBA broadcaster, I'm a firefighter. So, um are you are you a firefighter, an EMT? Is it both for you? Yeah, I'm a firefighter uh, paramedic. Okay. So the reason I bring this up, because that means that not only do you and I share that, but that means that you and I are both tougher than Jeff, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what do you think about your brother doing that for a living? Oh, it's awesome. Uh, you know, he's out there trying to help people. And, um, you know, I obviously look up to him already. And so when he has a job like that, it's even you know, more so. And, uh, you know, I just love, love my brother. I know he, he's an awesome person and, um, I'm really happy for him. I'm glad that his family's flourishing and they're, you know, growing the family and, 
Um, you know, I, I hear crazy stories. That's my, that's what I like, you know, hearing from them. Whenever I talk to him, I ask what's the craziest thing that happened, you know, recently. And, uh, he'll tell me and, or I'll, I'll ask about the, the pranks that the guys will play on him when he was younger or, or like a rookie in the, the department. And so, um, it's, it's a really cool job. If I wasn't playing basketball, I'd, you know, want to do that. Rookie school is, uh, is something else. Um, so Jeff, give me your best, uh, rookie story here in the NBA and perhaps Chris will get out of here with you maybe sharing with Jeff one of your great rookie stories uh from rookie school so is there are there any similarities do you think um well my rookie story is we were on a flight to Dallas and I, I had to wear the penguin costume the whole flight and then also went to the hotel it was uh pretty embarrassing uh, I was the only one dressed up. I think it, it was Halloween, though, at least, so I was able to kind of make an excuse for it. But, uh, yeah, that's my most embarrassing rookie thing so far. Yeah, and I'd say it was also the creepiest thing because there's nothing more creepy than a seven-foot penguin, okay? I'm just <laughs> right. going to tell you that right off the bat. It was pretty funny. What about you, Chris? What's, what's a good rookie story you've shared with Jeff? Um, <laughs> uh, when I was on probation, um, I think it was like my fourth month in, I was sleeping. Um, we had a rough day. It was busy all day. So we finally got to go to bed around 2 in the morning. Fell asleep probably instantly. Um, and then about 3 in the morning, I hear a bang on my door. It opens dramatically, and it's still dark. The guy has a, a black hood over his uh, um, head, face, covering his face. And I hear a chainsaw. <laughs> the guy jumps on my bed. I freak out. I put my my blanket over, it, and he's pretending he's cut me with a chainsaw. Um, little did I know, obviously there was no chain on the chain chainsaw, but <laughs> it was just you know it's kind of a dramatic thing because you know I'm on probation, and, you know I was sleep deprived, so I didn't know where it was, and I wake up to this chainsaw, and this guy pretending to cut me up. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, we, there's a bunch of, you know, stories. I mean, that's, that's the one that just hit me, hits me right away. Oh, I think that will stick with you for a long time. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, my eyes palpitations, of course, after that. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Well, I tell you what, it sounds like the two of you come from a great family, and uh, and this was really cool. I'm, I'm glad you were able to come on with us, Chris. I know it's West Coast time. Is that right? We're out where you are, so a little bit early, perhaps? Yeah, it's uh, 9 o'clock. Yeah, yeah, so... Uh, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, we can't wait for you to come on out to New Orleans and, and see Jeff play here at home. Uh, we're excited to have him. He's actually dunking a lot better, too, by the way. It's been kind of nice. Right on. You want to say goodbye, Jeff? All right, Chris. Love you, man. Yeah, I'll, I'll text you later. All right. no, I'm, I'm sure, yes. All right, that's Chris Withy, Jeff's brother, here with us on the Black and Blue Report. We get to know you a little bit better, right? We yeah, gotta have, There we go. There's somebody else that I want to bring on the show that's going to help us get to know you a little bit better. Okay. Somebody from your college days. I'll give you that hint there. There we go. Okay. Fair enough. All right, Chris, thank you very much. We'll take a quick break, and we'll bring back our next guest for Jeff with you in just a moment. Every year, people whose statistics say would die from a serious health problem come to Auctioner and live. To us, nothing proves quality more than saving a life no one else could. In fact, on average, statistics say patients who come here are more likely to survive than at other hospitals in the state. Incredible outcomes aren't just happening at one hospital either. Seven of the top hospitals in the state for survival rates are Auctioner. We are also Louisiana's only hospital ranked by U.S. News & World Report in eight different specialties and number one in the country by care checks for liver transplant. It's no wonder people from all over the world come here a higher quality of care. One more reason to choose Auctioner. And with hospitals and health centers all over the region, connecting is as easy as finding the Auctioner name. Learn more about why quality matters at auctionerquality.org. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today.
Sean Kelly, Jeff Withy, back in the Black and Blue Report. Happy Friday again, everybody. We just had Chris Withy, Jeff's brother, on, and uh, he didn't tell any scathing stories, really, about Jeff, although the small head, big body thing is pretty <laughs> funny. Um, and, and that was pretty good. But I, I have a feeling we may get some better stories out of our next surprise guest here, and that's uh, Justin Wesley, who is now a senior at Kansas, right? Right, Justin? Yes, I am. All right. Congratulations. I know that uh, you have a game tonight. As a matter of fact, this is a bit strange. Uh, you both are on a game day visiting together. The only difference is is that um, you're playing for a Big 12 tournament title uh, this weekend, and Jeff's simply just playing the Portland Trailblazers, which is probably not nearly as important, right? <laughs> uh, I, I guess, I mean, it's, it's a little important for Jeff. I mean, it's his job. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we are. Uh, uh, we're up here trying to get another Big 12 tournament title. So, Who do you have tonight? You can say it's pretty important. Uh, we have uh, Iowa State. Oh, you can do that, right? I hope so. I mean, the way the way Jeff says it is that KU never loses. That's all I ever hear from this that's guy. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's right. That's, uh, that's pretty much our tradition. We don't, we don't really uh, take losing too kindly, so we try to keep ourselves from doing that. I, I actually got Jeff to sing or chant the Rock Chalk Jayhawk for me on the show earlier. Oh, really? I'm surprised you got him to do that. Oh, yeah, well, the, well the, this is coming on the heels of his happy birthday performance for Anthony Davis earlier in the week, too. So he's got a budding musical career working here this week. <laughs> I never would have guessed that. Me neither, believe me. Part of being a rookie, I guess. All right, so Jeff and Justin, uh, I'm sure you're uh, – you guys are in regular communication. Did you guys live together in college? Is that right? Yeah. Uh, yes, we did. Was it three years? Mm-hmm. What was it like living with Jeff with you, uh, Justin? Uh, it's pretty much like, you know, if I had, like, a, a twin brother with the same exact personality <laughs> as me, like, that's basically how it was. I mean, yeah, we got along uh, perfect perfectly and you know we had a lot of the same interests you know whether it had to do with movies music or food i mean we pretty much uh did a lot did everything together and got along really well is he kind of a slob was he a clean guy Uh, a slob guy what's you know what's it like well well, we were even the same in that department it was was (laughs) in between so in between being really clean and being a slob so i mean it it wasn't too bad (laughs) um Jeff, tell me about your relationship with, with not only Justin, but other KU guys, whether they're still playing in Lawrence or are alumni of that program now. Where, where, is that, how, where and how is that bond formed, and how does it continue beyond college days? Well, my relationship with Justin, he's like my brother, like he said. Um, but all KU guys in general that have played on the team, there's just a special bond there. You you're with them pretty much 24 hours a day. Um, you live in the same area, same apartment. Um, we're always together. Uh, you know, there, there's just a, a brotherly bond that is built through, you know, we have a thing called boot camp where we, you know, before the season comes, we have to go through all these tests and we run sprints and it, it's just, you know, it's kind of like a hell week, you know, but it lasts two weeks. So uh, there's a bond that grows from that. And then just from being a Jayhawk, you know, I uh, I was back for when we – for the All-Star break, I was back in Lawrence. And, um, you know, I was able to sit next to Nick Collison. And even though he's a lot older than I am, we still have that connection, that little bond um, of being a Jayhawk. What about it, Justin, when, you, when, you, um, when you're still in the program but yet you see the guys that have moved on? Is it is it inspiring? Is it, it, it how does it serve you all when you're still wearing the KU uniform? Uh, I mean, it's like just saying. I mean, you realize like it's it's actually like uh, it's uh, it's a it's a fa- it's like it's a family. It's one big family. Even if you didn't play, you know, necessarily with uh, you know either Jugan or Nick Collison or you know any of those guys, like they still when they come back, they still treat you as if you were on that team. They treat you. Uh, as if you're a little brother. So I think uh, the bond is very important to us, and it just kind of shows us just how uh, close of, you know, a program, like uh, how close to a family like our program is. 
Justin, I, I really need to turn this into a more serious conversation. So I need for you to uh, basically share with me a story that Jeff would never tell me on his own about your days together in Lawrence. And, uh-huh. I'm, being, and I'm being sarcastic about being serious. Actually, I want <laughs> you to really tell me something scathing or embarrassing about Jeff Withy. <laughs> I don't know if it's embarrassing, but uh, uh, I was actually, I thought about this the other day. Um, I think we were walking from either like practice, practice or tutoring. And it, it was kind, of, it was kind of like one of the back trails, to, uh, back to the dorms. And I guess somebody thought it would be funny to. There's like, there's like this tree, this tree is kind of like it has like a low branch, and we always walk under it. And I guess somebody thought it was a good idea to string up a, a dead squirrel up, uh, up, up, like attach it to the to the branch, and. Uh, Jeff was kind of walking like a few like a few feet in front of me, and I was kind of walking behind him, and he just sees it, and he just like freaks out and kind of like takes like like six six steps back as if he was about to start running and start, like the other way, and then like freaked me out too. But it was like it was kind of like landing like in the dark. But it, I mean, it, it was just it was just really it was just really funny. It was really caught off guard. Like I've never like we have never experienced anything like that before, and I'm pretty sure the guy that strung it up probably got it. I should laugh out of that. Well, it kind of la- it, it got a laugh out of you guys. It sounds like afterwards, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't as funny as at first. Two Jayhawks scared of a squirrel in the tree. Come on, guys! You had to be there. Apparently, you had to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, uh, did did Jeff get did, did did Jeff get yelled at a lot by Coach Self? I mean, we. You know, we all did. I mean, I feel like when when you first get there, it's such a it, any college program. I feel like when you first get there, you have a, you have to learn another level of like try. Like it's, it's a different like type of like you know uh, like work ethic that you have to develop. Like cause it's it's such a whole new world from coming from high school to college basketball. So I mean, like we all you know you know he went through it. Like I went through it as far as like. Know, getting yelled at, like learning a roast, it's a it's a part of growing up uh, in a college basketball on the college basketball level. So, I mean, we are uh, we both we both went through it. So. Jeff, have you talked to Justin about your rookie season here, and maybe maybe what surprised you about the NBA game? What have you guys shared with each other about this transition? You talked about Justin. You talked about going from high school to college. Have you all talked about Jeff's transition out of the NBA and how different it is from the college game? I mean, he just said, like, the, the only difference he said is, I mean, of course, it's a longer season and um, the traveling, you know, day-to-day, like, you know, maybe having, you know, one game, like, basically we don't play as many games and we don't travel as much. And uh, he just kind of told me, is this more, is this more like a, sort of like a, you know, job now? He's kind of working, like, like he's playing with people that, like, have, like, families and, like, a lot older and kind of, you know, that kind of thing. So he's not really playing with, like, like kids anymore, so I mean, he's you know, uh, he just said it's a, it's a little, it's kind of like it's really it's a lot different from uh, the college uh, college teams playing playing on the college team, but at the same time, he said like he's he's loved the experience and enjoying the ride, and like I said, he's getting to learn from pros. All right, Jeff, you're my co-host here. You can ask Justin anything you want, and uh, or you can you can pump him up for the game against Iowa State tonight. It's the floor is yours here. We can wrap up with your your question or comment for Justin Wesley. Okay. Hey, um, Justin, what what are you going to do before the game? Do you have any any uh, ritual or anything like that that you're going to do before the the game tonight? Uh, probably a couple protein bars. Probably uh, just a little bit Jay Z and Kanye, but other than that, no, no real like pregame ritual okay do you have any pregame rituals i take a long nap i take a about a two-hour nap and then i eat and then i head to the arena nothing crazy what uh what music what song are you gonna listen to today like what's 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 your go-to song my go-to song yeah right now right now my go-to song is by uh it's by Rick Ross, but he has Kanye and uh, Big Sean on there. It's called Sanctified. So, okay, it's, uh, it's 
pretty new new songs for us right now, so okay, that's, you should go check that I, out. I, I gotta go check that out for sure. Yeah, my music game is lacking because you're not around anymore. I gotta hit you up and, <laughs> and figure out what to listen to. Oh, so Justin was your muse then, is what you're saying? Yeah, I got all Justin's stylish, man. He's he's a cool guy. I was lucky to have him as a roommate because I was able to kind of copy him and um, you know. <laughs> If he was wearing something, I would try to, you know, imitate it a little bit. Now we're getting somewhere out there. Yeah, this. you know. He's a, he's a cool guy, man. All right, so, uh, Justin, uh, when I'm hearing this, I'm thinking that Jeff didn't have a whole lot of game with the ladies either. Uh, was he okay in that department? Uh, truth be told, I'm, you know, I, I kind of kindled the fire between him and his long-time girlfriend so oh. <laughs> i mean yeah i you know i didn't i didn't tell him what to say i didn't tell him anything like that so i think he i think he had i think he had some game because you know he's kept her around for a long time i didn't have to help him with that at all so i i, I think he has game but but at the end of the day if this goes long term for those two sounds like it already has you're taking full responsibility is what you're saying yes yes <laughs> fair enough Justin, I know you've got to get going before uh, Coach Self gets mad at me for calling you on a game day here. But uh, um, I guess I, you know I grew up in Missouri. I can't even say good luck tonight, but I guess I'll say good luck to you tonight. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. That, that, that. that takes a lot for you to do. A, a little bit, a little bit. I'm just being honest with you. That's all. That's all. <laughs> Jeff's smiling because he reminds me on a regular basis how many straight Big Twelve conference titles you guys have won. So, all right, you got yeah, it. Ten now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jeff, say goodbye to your buddy, and then we'll get on with this. All right, Justin, take care, bro. I'll text you. All right, man. Justin Wesley. Thank you, Justin. Justin Wesley with the Kansas Jayhawks, uh, former college roommate and teammate of our co-host Jeff Withy. Jeff and I will wrap up the program here after this last timeout. New Orleans Pelican season ticket holders are with the team at the perfect time. Our season ticket holders continue to enjoy benefits that include the best seat locations, discounts on concessions and merchandise, access to the Zataran season ticket holder pregame party, and much more. You'll want to be with us as we take this team to the next level. Plus, most season ticket holders renewing their seats by March 31st will lock in their current ticket pricing. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to renew your seats today. As one Entergy customer to another, I have a tip for you. Download the free Entergy app. If my power goes out, I check the app. The outage maps let me know what's happening and when to expect my lights back on. It also makes it easy to pay my bill and manage my account, all right from my smartphone. Download the app today or visit EntergyApp.com for more information. Giving me control in the palm of my hand? That's the power of people. Entergy. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. We're pretty much done here on a Friday, that's for sure. And uh, we uh, appreciate Jeff with you for coming by and being our co-host today on the Black and Blue Report. I hope that you had a good time. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me. No problem. Um, Your brother and Justin both guests today on the program. That's a first, to say the least. That is. That's a... That was a little weird, but, you know, I'm glad that I was able to talk to them for a little bit. And what will you text them later today? Will there be uh, any... uh, I can't believe you did that to me type thing or no it's gonna be me apologizing to them just being like you know sorry that uh I'm not as interesting I guess I felt bad because you know I'm I'm pretty reserved you are but it's, I think they had good things to say about you I think I got to know you a little bit better today. yeah that's, that's good at least yeah. they said good things about me if they were to say you know bad stuff I would have sent some uh hate text yeah them. maybe so and um and the only thing I would say is maybe tell Justin that the squirrel story just doesn't doesn't play well on radio. <laughs> yeah, Kinda, it's it, a definitely you have to be, be there. there. Right, yeah. right. Okay. Um, final thought from you about what we have this weekend. Portland tonight, Boston on Sunday. Um, as this homestand continues, you had, you had a pretty good take on the Portland situation. Right. Um, Boston on Sunday. By the way, do you like playing kind of an earlier tip on a Sunday? Is that cool with you? Yeah, I do. Um, I'm able to – you know, there's – no food places that are open that late here in New Orleans, which is crazy. You know, on a when, Sunday? Yeah, like uh, everything closes at like 9, 30, 10 o'clock. So by the time the game's over, we I always go home and I have to order pizza or something like that. So okay. I do like playing a little, little bit earlier. That way we were able to kind of, you know, have our game, feel good about it, and then go eat. And I'm a big foodie. 
Okay. Well, uh, you've got Ryan Anderson on your side there because he's right. also a big foodie. Um, we're going to get you a list of restaurants. I know Lou over there will help us do that. That will be out. That would we? Let's see. Let's see. A normal game night. You're probably out of here about ten. Yeah. Yeah. We'll find you a couple spots that are open still at ten o'clock. Okay. This is too good of a food city for you to go home and order pizza. That's right. Yeah. I don't, I just don't think that's going to work. All right, my friend. I, I appreciate you stopping by. We've enjoyed watching you during your rookie season, and uh, I think we're going to watch you grow for a long time. So, good luck this weekend. Thank you. And I, good luck, Jayhawks. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> no, I can't do it. Sorry. It's all good. We're still going to win. How far do they get? Let me ask you that. In the tournament? Yeah, or the big tournament. The big tournament? They have the potential. I don't know. Joel indeed yeah. is, is hurt, but hopefully he uh, he's back in time. If they make it to the Sweet 16, they're saying that he might be playing. But that's a that's a you know, that's tough to get there. Right. You know. Right. They okay. they got a they got a tough road, so we'll see. Do you do the Twitter thing by the way? Uh, not not too often. Okay. I was gonna give it out if you wanted me to. If you want to, it doesn't matter. It's uh, at Jeff Withy. That's easy enough. Yeah, pretty but easy. But you're not on there a whole lot. No. Okay. Well, if if you feel so inclined, uh, folks, uh, you can follow Jeff Withy, at Jeff Withy, on Twitter. And we'll let you get out of here. Uh, quick football note before we go. I'm, I, I don't know if you saw it yet today or not. Ramon Humber, uh, linebacker for the Saints, uh, re-signed with the uh, black and gold today. Uh, I'm sure we'll hear from him a bit later today on NewOrleansSaints.com. Otherwise, the basketball game is yours tonight on the radio. 7 o'clock tip-off at Smoothie King Center. Uh, John and I have the broadcast on the radio side. Joel Myers, David Wesley on the television side. Coverage begins for Fox Sports New Orleans coming up at 6.30 uh, tonight. On Monday, Paul Maneri, head coach of the LSU Baseball Tigers on the show. Daniel Salerson will be in the host chair. I'll see you next week, and of course, I'll see you on the radio tonight. And on Sunday, as Jeff and the Pelicans take on the Blazers and the Celtics this weekend. Have a great rest of your weekend. I hope maybe you get to boil some crawfish this weekend. The weather's supposed to be pretty good up until uh, Sunday. And with a name like Sean Patrick Kelly, you know that I'll be celebrating a little St. Patty's Day uh, here this weekend as well. Stay away from the green beer, okay, Jeff? <laughs> Stuff's never very good. Jeff Withy, our special co-host, wrapping up our week of special co-hosts here on the Black and Blue Report. Our thanks to Daniel Sowerson for putting together today's show as well. So with all that, we'll say good luck to the Pelicans and go Pelicans and so long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report. 